Is there a bird in someone's <laughs> house? Oh, have I not told you about this? No. <laughs> you bought a bird. So you know the fern- like the little white like furnace thing that's in the living room? Yeah. There's a bird in there. That so that has an exhaust pipe that goes outside. But the other day, probably about two months ago, I saw a bird fly into it with like a handful of grass in its mouth. And uh, okay. it made a nest. It laid eggs, and now they've all hatched. And um, you're I, a bird, just, I you're can a never man. turn the furnace on again without I don't know incinerating a whole family of birds. <laughs> you're a dad now. Yep. You're raising a family of birds. Oh, you want to hit voicemails? Yeah, let's hit some voicemails. What are we gonna talk about the steeple? Oh, steeple oh. fails. Yeah. We don't have to. What I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's the, I guess like the first point. We'll call this the off the board segment, even though like it's been dead for a couple uh, for a couple episodes. But all right, so on the topic of steeplechase fails, so on social media, like kind of that's a very easy way to get a laugh. It's like oh, someone just like failed, like really ate it on this steeplechase, and this comes on the heels of like the Diamond League mistake in uh, Oslo. So kind of like. What's fair game in terms of like, is it is it cool to laugh at steeplechase fails? Like, is are there some because there's sometimes you see high school kids put on like, like uh, what is it those those floaties and stuff in the <laughs> middle of a race and then they do it. And it's just like, what is your coach thinking? And also, it's like, okay, you did that on purpose to get a laugh. So it's like, uh, like when are steeplechase videos funny? The uh, fails funny? When are they like just dumb? And when when should we and shouldn't we not post them? I think if I someone mm-hmm. actually gets hurt, it's not quite funny. Yeah. I don't think that high school kids should steeplechase. <laughs> I don't think their brains are developed enough to understand it, uh, <laughs> which is, like, clearly proven by, yeah, the kids putting on floaties. Like, oh, I think it, I hate it's, that. it stunts their development as decent human beings. Like, I think biologically, like, them being able to do that in steeplechase... They're idiots, but I think it's I don't know. Like, it's never funny when someone fails at a steeplechase. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> comedy, comedy is tragedy plus time, right? <laughs> what is that saying? I'm gonna Google it. Uh, right? I think you, you got it. Sure. Uh, comedy is tragedy plus time. Who, who said it? Who said it? Socrates. Shakespeare. People are claiming that uh, Mark Twain, it might be Carol Burnett. Uh, let's just uh, all the way to the, oh my God, they have fucking references. Uh, Steve Allen. Steve Allen. Okay. Uh, it's tragedy plus time. So it's kind of like right away, there's concern. It's also kind of cool. It's probably the best visual part of track. Um, and it makes for a good photo, but eventually, like you can laugh at it. Do you have like a steeple fail that you laugh at now, Nicole? All of them. There you well, go. maybe except for the one where like I actually got hurt and couldn't run for like four months. But like, <laughs> don't be a one, baby. What was the one from like 2015 where I like went head first? There's a photo, oh. I think, somewhere. You're like, there's, there's a serious. Yeah. It's like that. Actually, that was like the first time that I was like, oh, this is dangerous. But like, can you walk us through what happened? No, people had to like slow the video down to tell me how I fell. 
Oh, so you don't really, it all just <laughs> kind of happens super fast. Yeah. I've always um, wondered that, like, when you fall, like, in a water pit, like, what, do you get a sense of panic? Like, holy shit, I'm about to get spiked by, like, all these people. Or, like, <laughs> do you just trust the fact that everyone's so good around you that, like, they're able to avoid you? Well, I don't remember all the way, but, uh, like, that one, I, I went down and, like, the way that I fell, I, I think, like, I essentially, like, pivoted over the barrier and then went straight down. And that was like the furthest I'd ever fallen into the water before. So I was really disoriented and confused. And I remember getting like algae under my nails because I was like by the cement part and no longer on the track part. But then <laughs> when I like figured out how to get myself back up, I got like pushed down again by someone who came over. And then I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like that seemed like it took forever. Uh, but what happened when you... Um... How'd the race play out after that? Did you finish well? Oh, I don't even remember. I was just totally not all the way into it. So probably you could argue that I fell because I was just like mentally not quite engaged all the way. Sure. But then like, uh, were there any, were there any, um, other injuries? Like, did you, were you, were you, were you beaten up a little bit? Bleeding? Um, my ass was sore. <laughs> like one of my hips I was like uh, I don't know I was able to get a massage afterwards so it wasn't like a big problem but like yeah it was pretty rough <laughs> so uh, wouldn't do it again if you had the choice well, well no it fucked my race up <laughs> right so uh, you wouldn't if you had the choice no I mean I already have the pictures it's fine so that that's that's why I guess my follow up question is like so the picture comes out like Maybe it's like one of those things where it's like a Getty image photo. It comes out like right away and it's used somewhere like that day. Maybe you're, you're like, Oh, that really sucked. Like I'm still disappointed about the race. How long after the fact did it take for you to, because I guess it, this goes into that tragedy time comedy uh, concept where it's like, how long after that did you finally think like, Oh, you know, that was, it, it, this is pretty funny. Oh, I think like immediately. Okay. Like people were like, I had friends who were like concerned trying to get a hold of other friends. Because I think it was, like, Did broadcast. And they were like, is she okay? Is she hurt? Because, like, it was pretty bad. But um, I remember the first the first time I fell. I fell in, like, my third steeplechase ever. And it was a home meet at Michigan State at Big Ten Championships. And I fell with a lap to go. And their, like, friends had photos and stuff. like. And I had one friend who was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't laugh at all. And I was like. Why the fuck didn't you laugh? Don't pretend, like you're one. You're lying. You did laugh because yeah, at also, that point you're just kind of like a clown, right? You want people to, uh... yeah. But it's funny. I also think that like slapstick stuff is funny. So like, yeah, I have think it was ever... funny immediately. But if have... someone like really got hurt, then that's different. Have you ever watched uh, Buster Keaton, no. like the old silent movie guy? That guy would fuck himself up for a while. Yeah, he would do <laughs> insane stuff, like absolutely ridiculous stuff. Um, like at one point, there's one, I'm sure if you go on YouTube, you can find it. There was one where he was like standing in front of a house and then like the side of the house just like falls towards him. But like yeah. based on where he's standing, he like the window goes through him. Um, I think it's like at a certain point, you're like, you fell and like, okay, at least my friends got to laugh. And, like, that's a good feeling? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's almost always funny as long as the person isn't upset. Yeah. Well, even then, it's a little borderline. 
Yeah, if those high school kids really wanted to make people laugh, they would purposely fuck up. They would, like, figure out how to be like Buster Keaton, and they would just purposely fuck up, but not on the water barrier. That's the coward. I don't know. That's I the, coward like... steeple. the coward steeple fail is the water barrier. Yeah. <laughs> if you really want to fail, you got to land on a track. What's the worst wipeout you've seen, Nicole? Like, not that not that happened to you, but, like, around you or ahead of you. That's, like, the worst. Um, no, actually, there was one. I think someone referenced it. Uh, one, I think it happened at Big Tens one year at Ohio State. Um, they didn't get the barrier secured in the men's race. And someone hit it because it was kind of – uh, maybe it wasn't up too high. It just like the final setting hadn't been. So like you could expose the wheels and someone mm. hit it and it rocked and then oh. someone else hit it and like, it just moved a lot. And I'm pretty sure someone like did this on the barrier, hit their chin. Oh. I don't oh, think I've seen that. That's oh. like, that's okay. not funny. Well, so then that brings up a bigger question. So we saw it at, um, Oh, where was it? Uh, Oslo. Oslo. Mm-hmm. Like, it just seems like as a meet official, you've got, in, in that instance, one job. Like to either make sure that the barriers are the right height, that everything's like locked in. And I just don't know how many different instances there are of official oversight. But what are the repercussions for something like that? Because it's dangerous. Yeah, sometimes you don't run for 12 or 16 weeks. Yeah, and it just doesn't seem like there's any sort of, there would just be no consequences. Like, do better next time. It's like, all right, well, next year at the Oslo DL, I'll make sure that I don't fuck up the height of the barriers. No biggie. It's fine. What would you propose as the solution? Like, what would be just to you? Like, are we supposed to hang this person from the pole vault kitchen? There's no way. There's just really no way. If you want some sort of retribution as an athlete, you know, like if Aisha Pratt, her manager, her coach, were super upset that she, because she ran pretty well despite yeah. taking it right in the right in the tummy. Um, Which is mm-hmm. like that's impressive. I did that once in practice, like when I yeah, was younger. I'm sure, it just kind and of it takes, takes the, the right out of you. oh, it's terrible. Like I and so just don't know there's how she nothing. It's amazing. If if after the fact, what's going to make you feel better is to see somebody, I don't know, like get yelled at or like get fired or something like that. You can't you fire know. him because half the time those people are volunteers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's just nothing. There I mean, just doesn't seem to be any consequences for fucking up your job at something like this. Well, do, you th- do you think when like they go back to their officials locker room and like they open up their locker, there should just be like a knife shaving cream? No, there's just like a knife. Oh, Oh, like, like the, uh, the threat of violence. Uh, is it seppuku? Oh, oh were you, yeah. were you Hari, Hari Kari? Hari Kari. <laughs> or you just run the knife into your... Uh... Into your organs. Yeah. Uh, um, so right. I, think it's, I think it's just that, like, someone isn't... I mean, my first conclusion is that, like, no one is... You're, it's disrespectful to mess it up. Especially, obviously, I'm going to be offended that it mostly happens in women's races, from what I've seen. Um, obviously I have some personal bias in that, but like, it's almost like people are like, Oh, they'll figure it out. Well, the but fact like, that it like, took no one so is like, long to fix it is kind of absurd to me that like, well, they, everyone's like, Oh, sorry. 
That's it. When when they did it in two thousand nine, they to make the race fair, like I'm I limp off the track. I go immediately to like the medical tent and like my foot's my ankle's already swollen. Uh a woman comes in and the next heat and she goes, They didn't put it down. So they never fixed it. And then they the whole left race. It. They didn't put it down the whole race. And then they left it up for the next heat because it wouldn't be fair. That's insane. And like I never fact checked that, but I'm assuming she didn't lie to me about it because she was yeah. in the race. I don't know why she would lie. Yeah. Well, maybe she just wanted to make you feel like oh, we all had to do it. I've heard. No, because no, she was like mad and she expected me to be mad with her. And I was. Oh, okay. There was one take, though, that's like women's steeple barriers are too low. That was one person's take on it, that uh, they should raise the height of the women's barrier uh, or something. Sure. Whatever. But like, don't but do it in the middle the of the way, race. The way they presented it, the way they presented it, the guy said, uh, well, the barrier in Oslo was actually at the height it should be. <laughs> Which is weird because it was slanted. <laughs> well, it's like, sure, whatever. Raise it. I don't care. But like, Could you imagine a slanted barrier? Like, there's a two-foot difference between the sides, just like the traffic jam of people trying to get to the, like... Choose your own adventure. Side, or, like, the people doing, like, a pommel horse thing on the higher end. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, does, this, does this happen in horse, like, in the horse steeplechase? Where it's, like, no, because it's... No, so there's money on wow. it. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of money. There's no women racing. Sorry. <laughs> I also feel like there's like a mob connection with the horse racing. So like, yeah, someone Somebody will actually die. Yeah. They will sleep with the fish. And that's what I'm saying. There needs to be consequences. <laughs> there, like, why do you show up to work every day? So you don't get fired. I don't know. It's like, why do you do your job right? So the mob doesn't cut off my fucking hand. Track that's and what I'm saying. Learn a there lot just from needs the mob. to be consequences. Yeah, exactly. We need a mob connection for track and field. So that don't chew on that, you dumb, dumb dog. <laughs> <laughs> don't chew on that barrier when you fall on it, you dumb dog. All so, right. so is the alternative to just turn over ownership of the sport to the mob or to like get a mob <laughs> boss to be the head of... Just need someone to reinforce safety. Or track now, safety. now that we can start gambling on all sports, you think maybe... It'll happen. Yeah, maybe eventually it'll happen. How you doing over there, Nicole? Need to butternize it back together. Do you think though that like maybe we could just get like an actor that does a bunch of mob movies? Steven Seagal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Steven Seagal. <laughs> play the boss. Like, yeah, to like just like play a character as the head of as the head of like the the IAAF. You know? Uh and people think he's actually in the mob because they'll recognize him from film and TV. <laughs> but uh, who knows? Voicemails? Sure, yeah. Here we go. Hi, so I'm a uh, club runner at a big D1 school in the Midwest, and we've got a women's varsity team, but no men's varsity team. But so... Uh, so my question is, the other week, the women's varsity team challenged the club guys to a beer mile. And I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on who's going to win. Keep in mind, the women's varsity team, they're all significantly faster than the club guys, um, like myself. But 
we can probably drink a lot better than they can. So what are your thoughts? Who's going to win? Thanks. I think it's just the way he insinuated. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, that there's... Uh, beer mile is just such a toss-up. It just It's, it's really just going to depend on whether or not you vomit, whether or not you can chug beer. I'm sure that there are some women that are going to run way faster than the dudes, and I'm sure there's some dudes that are going to run way faster than the women. I'm just, I don't really think that there's too much. Obviously, at like, and it's awful that we're saying this, at the very competitive beer mile level, uh, I'm sure that the PRs are probably, there's a pretty big disparity, but just like a couple of jabronis going out to a track, like... Any beer mile that I've ever ran, there's always been a couple girls that run way faster than dudes. So, are they doing team scoring? Or are they doing like, does a girl win? Does a boy win? Is that they didn't specify? So, no. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, yeah, I bet it's a, a bit of a crapshoot, if you ask me. It's like a girl wins, and then the next three people are the dudes. How about that? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> the girl's going to win in like 6.50, and then three dudes are going to come in around 7.30. And she's going to like stone cold Steve Austin, like some beers in their face, and uh, scream something like, yeah, chicks rule, and then barf. And uh, that'll be that. Nicole, do you ever do a beer mouth? No, I don't like beer enough. Um, I've... What about like a Mike's Hard Mile? I haven't, but I could be talked into that. Um, Gross. Smirnoff Ice. Uh, there was one when I was in college, and I was a sophomore and was, like, really not – I was like, I feel like I was one of a few athletes who had made it to the regional meet. So I was like, I'll just stay up late with you guys while you do it. Also, the cops came. Everyone was magically 22. Lots of people ran. We were, like, trying to collect people for, like, the next hour because it was, like, out in the middle of nowhere – uh, and then I got two friends who went to my high school to do a beer mile during the middle of the day because they were drunk enough. So those are the two <laughs> been a part of. So no, I haven't. Crazy kids. Tom, is, you look like you're about to say something. Yeah, I kind of zoned out while Nicole was talking. Uh, no, because I was trying to think what the times are for the beer mile, because it's suddenly gotten a lot faster than it used to be, I think, in the last few years. Um, where, like, the world record at one point was, like, above five minutes, and now it's well under. Uh, but I can't tell if it's because actual drinkers are doing it, like, alcoholics are now hopping on board, or, like, actual runners uh, are doing it. You don't you know? need to be an to be good at chugging, right? You just need to be good at chugging. You just so get collegiate male athletes to do it i mean the the guy with the world record is really fast yeah cory belmore he's run 433 uh 0.6 which is crazy because when the first sub five was run what like uh four years ago uh by james nielsen out in california he ran 457 and then it just kind of i guess the banister effect just opened the floodgates and now we've got one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven eleven men under five there's no women under five, right? People started practicing. Yeah, there's no women under five. The women's world record is 6.08. I mean, I guess if you're a woman practicing. and you can run like a 450 <laughs> beer mile, you are probably also uh, pretty close to being a professional runner. 
Because if you're doing five seconds of beer, which I think is absurd, and you ran like 455, that would be what, uh, 435? I mean, that's pretty fast for a woman. Yeah. I, I think that in this scenario, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the gentleman sweep where the girl will win the race and then like the next five will all be guys. Uh, so they'll win on team scoring, but that one girl is going to, again, stone cold Steve Austin, as you said, a couple beers right in their faces. Uh, she's going to be like, can I get a hell yeah <laughs> smash? <laughs> or maybe she'll just be like, I told can you. I get a hell yeah. Have you ever had a uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's beer? Isn't it just like nat- Natty Ice? Or no. is it actually has Stone Cold branded? Stone Cold branded. I think it's an IPA. It's like Stone Cold IPA or something. It's actually pretty good. No way in hell Stone Cold Steve Austin drinks IPA. <laughs> Real like IPA. <laughs> When it gets cold, there's like a blue stone beer. cold Steve Austin that pops up. Who, Rubik's Cube uh, is done now. Who do you think, who do you think is uh, less likely to, to drink IPAs? Uh, stone Cold Steve Austin? Pee Wee Herman? Or uh, Rick Ross? <laughs> Rick Which, Ross seems like a, a, a gentleman. And I just feel like... Uh, he doesn't drink beer. Uh, yeah, he's, he's drinking a two dollar wine that he gets from Trader Joe's. Drinks okay. whiskey. Uh, who would? All right, all right. Who who's least likely to drink an IPA uh, between Helen Mirren and uh, ooh, let's say Judy Dench? I don't know who either of those people. Are. I feel like Judy Dench. Helen Mirren seems like a. a I don't know if this is going to be like offensive to, 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 to the Brits, but I feel like Helen Mirren is a poor man's Judy Dench. I mean, she seems more like a beer drinker than Judy Dench. I agree with that statement, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with it. Okay. Uh, although, although, hey, Helen Mirren, <laughs> a real uh, love, love you. No, no disrespect. She sponsors the pod, actually. Sponsor the pod. Shout out to uh, Dame. Is she, has she been yeah, nice Judy Dench? Dame no, 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 Helen Mirren. No. No? Helen Mirren's not a dame. No, that's too bad. Uh, producer chiming in here. Oh, yes, she, she is a dame. <laughs> She's a dame. She is a dame. <laughs> um, all right, I think we covered that one. And so, yeah, as uh, Nicole said, that this episode is brought to you by Helen Mirren, so be sure to check her out in uh, Berlin, I Love You, which is currently in post-production, and uh, the film Anna. Both those films will be coming out uh, later on in 2018, the movie Anna is a French crime thriller written and directed by Luke Besson. The film stars Sasha Luce, Helen Mirren, Luke Evans, and uh, Cillian Murphy. I guess that's a guy from uh, Red Eye. Is that the movie? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, could have said maybe something like Inception. I don't know if Red Eye is really the seminal <laughs> film that he uh, he's been in, but sure, Red Eye. <laughs> All the right, Rachel so- McAdams thriller. Yeah, so check out uh, Anna when it comes out in theaters, uh, possibly later this year. Uh, All right, next voicemail. I'm here to remind everyone with the pre-closet coming up how overrated pre was. And what I've done is I made a list of about 10 to 14 runners, American runners, who were better than pre. And it's really that Pre was a good marketing strategy and an advocate for horrible race strategy. So here we are. 
Frank Shorter, two medals. Hold on. He got cut Just off. got cut off there on accident. Anyway, my point is, Cree is one of the most overrated runners in American history. And to prove it, I have a list of 10 runners, American runners, who are better than Cree. Some are current, some are past. First one's Frank Shorter, two Olympic medals, one gold, one silver. Arguably, second one should have been gold because the guy in front of him was doping. We got American record, multiple world medals, two-time gold, like gold world medalist, which that double will never be completed again. Rep, say what you want about him. One Chicago, two Olympic medals. <laughs> Nicole's face. Centro Junior, again, four, four world medals, Olympic medalist. Uh, we'll see what he does for the rest. Waddle. Can we stop? Can we, can we it's stop like this? being like, the Beatles are good, scared. but people hey. who produce music now are better. When we get when we get phone calls, guys, like like this, where it's like someone hosting their own podcast inside of our podcast. Uh, I think we got his point. He was just naming runners that he thinks are better than pre. Uh, he thinks there's like ten, right? Um, I, I think know. you can only compare people who are running around that same time. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was pioneering things. I'm. Steve Steve Prefontaine being overrated, though, is a take that I really like. I just like that take because uh, he died young. Like, he didn't have a full career. Uh, So he could have ran faster and everything, right? Uh, But it's exactly your point. Like, you can't compare across generations and things like that. you it's know. like being like, Elvis sucks because we can make better music now. So, like, I don't, there's just not, maybe, like, was Frank Shorter running as fast as him and faster while he was competing, while Pre was alive? Yeah, didn't they, they, I don't think they directly, yeah, they did compete they against They overlapped each other. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, in some cases, Shorter beat Pre. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you... We just did better at Instagram at the time. What the hell was that sound effect? I didn't put that in. Someone else did. (laughs) Uh, That's right. I I mean, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Um, And we've determined that Pre was not the best and Frank Shorter beat him. So Frank Shorter is not the best either. Frank Shorter is still alive, right? I don't know about that. Yeah, I've heard that he's kind of a kook. Well, so hold on. Like, in order to be the best, you have to beat the best. So, like, but Cree's not the best, and Frank Shorter beat him. So, ipso facto, Frank Shorter is not that good either. Rob is the best, Della. Hey, I, I gotta guess, go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. So, wait, this, but this is an, uh, that's a point that you can only make right in individualized sports like track, right? Because, like, in basketball, the big thing is MJ LeBron, and in if you do that, then it's like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant have beat. LeBron three times now. So it's like they're not better than LeBron though on an individual standpoint. Well, that's a team sport. Right. That's the problem with the whole The MJ Warriors LeBron are the best. Right. The Warriors are the best. Uh I don't I don't know. Uh oh, God, I hate this. I hate comparing people across generations because like Wilt Chamberlain's really good and Kareem's really good and Magic Johnson's really good and Jordan, all these players are good, but they play like at different times and everything and, and running it's changed like the surfaces and the shoes and but also training methods and nutrition. 
he's rated as such because he died. Yeah, it's part he of the He was doing really well, and he died. And yeah. Doesn't Chuck Klosterman have that theory about, like, several people who have, like, died young? I think it was in one of his books where it was just, like, we, oh, we, yeah. think, of, we think of them, like, so highly because of the lost potential that was there. Where it was, like, I think Kurt Cobain is one of those people. Um, and there's the actors. I guess, like, Amy Winehouse is yeah. probably on there as well. Um, yeah, but, like... Amy Winehouse, I think her debut album is better than any race that Pre ever ran. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think you're right, but also too, half of it's like the whole like Pre lives thing. Do you remember that in like the mid two thousands? There was a huge marketing push from Nike centered around Pre. Um, to this day, they still do events. I think I saw something a hashtag this week. It was like some Nike running event in New York City where it was like Pre lives in NYC, and I was like. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. I, I, yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I think it's just a lot of it's also Nike, uh, the connection there, because he is so important to Nike um, from like a corporate story standpoint. Uh, it makes <clears throat> it such a big deal because Nike's such a big deal in the world of running. Um, the he, problem- was a, he was a great runner though. Yeah. That's the problem when you try and make a point like this is that, I think you just start to try and undercut the achievements of others when you try, you know, saying one is definitively better than the other, even though it's like, this is an exercise that just, you know, it's pretty much like, how do we define the greatest? And uh, that could be like, Stern and I have been talking about this because I've been working on something about MJ and LeBron. Um, so it's like, you fall into the trap of undercutting the other person's achievements. I mean, so, you're also like comparing some of it too, though, with Pre, is it like he said, Rockstar shit, like right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I so think, like, you get a face and you get a story, and then also you get an attitude to go behind things. But that that, and I think that that's one thing that kind of goes along. Like, sure, he's a good marketing tool, but I really do think that back in the seventies, he was probably a pretty big sporting hero for a lot of people. Like, he had a degree of celebrity that you you just don't really find with running because of a lot of things that I think were going on in America at the time, like. There was a running boom. I think track he, was probably way more popular back then. And well, he, wouldn't he run ho- right home from meets that he was at? Like, and the papers would publish it. Yeah. Wait. Do you think he would run home? No. No. He would write. He would like write when he was like abroad traveling. Oh, and then the yeah, that's super would publish cool. it. Yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah. So, I think Jim Ryan's the best runner of all time. Everyone else. Yeah, is but bad. he was a fucking nerd. Yeah. Like, nobody cool is ever running for Congress of Kansas. <laughs> uh, I don't city? I'm sorry. <laughs> Just the crickets. Uh, no, uh, Kansas is really cool in Lawrence, Kansas. The rest of it sucks. I'm just trying to figure out where Jim... Uh, Jefferson County, Kansas. Uh, where is Where that? did yeah. uh, the people Topeka. from that one Truman Capote book shoot that whole family to death? I love that book. In Cold Blood is one of my favorite books of all time. Right. I so where love was In Cold Blood. <laughs> I think Truman Capote was overrated. Was that genuine, Nicole, or were you just making fun of me? I was making fun of you. Air <laughs> quest. Uh, the only. Reason, I can't get through a book like that. The only reason people like Truman Capote is because he died young. I can They're, name ten wow. American writers better <laughs> than Truman Capote. Nice, there you go. nice, nice. Yeah. Good job. See? Look how around. stupid you sound. Look how stupid you sound, kid. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> 
Hey guys, a couple questions for you. This is I like the sound of this guy already. West. Uh, first one, and um, this is the more boring one, but if you had to uh, wear a winter suit, meaning like kind of the all the way down to the knees, uh, slightly mock turtleneck, fully zipped up, and speed no, speeds kind of a short sleeve, so really no ventilation, uh, in a race 65 degrees and above, how much would that slow you down? Distance race, let's just say a 5K. Uh, secondly, uh, so you want to answer that one first? <laughs> if you have a boring question, please say it as slowly as possible, especially if you preface it with it being boring. This one's not going to be any fun. Let me spend five minutes talking about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to hate this. Put it on air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, this is one thing. In terms of like nightmare scenarios for me, which is something that I think about a lot, um, I always say that the idea of the, like the worst possible thing that could happen to me is if you zip me up in a snowsuit and then drop me in the middle of the, like the Sahara desert, <laughs> right? Like it's, and like, you can't, you can't get the zipper off and you're just fucking. So, and I think in a more, I don't know, the idea of having to wear like a spandex speed suit and it being like, you know, Des Moines, Iowa, US, US championship type weather. That is pretty close to wearing a snowsuit in the desert. And so it was. How much would it slow me down? I wouldn't. I he, wouldn't even you, race. You don't I would start drop out before it started. You is he asking like race. a snowsuit? I thought he like He's kind of implying like how how would be wearing something that's gonna make you really hot affect your racing? It's like Negatively. it would affect it because I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but there's people that train for that like I remember during, like before Beijing there was a bunch of stuff out about how people I think it was Alberto's group were wearing like uh, well there's a workout Wednesday plastic video bag, like the plastic yeah. bag suits wrestlers do that for, for, for work, workouts there was yeah. the boxing match yesterday Crawford Horn I think uh, and uh, at the weigh in one of the guys was like a half pound overweight. And if you're overweight, like you get an hour to get under and he like came back and he had lost a pound. Uh, and I know Just that like a big poop. Well, that was my first thought. Being a trash bag. Uh, I forget what he said he did, but probably just took a big pee. Yeah, uh, but like wrestlers and stuff do that. They run in those plastic bag suits, but it's a way to lose water weight because you sweat so yeah. much. Well, that's different than being like, I'm going to line up and do a race. Yeah. It's slowing me down, slowing me down a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> so, Nicole, did, like, did you do, did you uh, do like a cooling vest or something? Like some, some of the fancy dogs at like the U.S. championships will be seen with like cooling vests and like towels over their heads. Ice uh, helmets. Ice helmets. <laughs> like, did you do anything before Des Moines in 2013? Um, the actually, towel over your head is not is nothing fancy. Like anyone could do that. But I mean, like the cooling vest, the junkyard dog move. Yeah. You know, we didn't have fancy things, so it was like towels. We like brought a cooler with ice and like hotel towels. Maybe we bought the towels. I don't know. And like, just did bong rips. It was like yeah, the towel over the head. <laughs> <laughs> ice, ice in the uniform. Super hot. Get out the bong. <laughs> they just wheeled you Smoke in. A the cooler. In the desert. Uh, they just treat it like Coachella. Well, since it's like not the most uh, 
um, fancy setup. Like you can get to your coaches pretty easily in the warm up area, uh, and just keep dunking the towel in the cooler of ice. Um, okay, so but then that like the pre cool thing. How much do you think that that really helps? I don't know. I, I mean, how much of it is just kind of like making yourself mentally feel better versus how much of it really affects performance? Um, well, some, in those scenarios, it's funny because people are freaking out. And so I remember like walking in to like the hipping area and the warm-up area and people were like kind of silently losing their shit. And then I start to think it's funny. Mm. <laughs> so this is a good way to, for a, a mental edge. Well, whenever the weather is bad and people start freaking out, I always think it's funny. Even if I'm also having a hard time with it, I'm still like, this is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, what was the rest of this person's question? They okay, had another next part. part. Yeah. I just got a more debatable, fun question. <laughs> Lead with it. Question. I'd love to see like kind of a death race. Uh, and with that meaning, everybody starts in the start line together. Hey, man, every race is a death race. If you're willing to go out at suicide pace, I'll put it on a t-shirt. We're going to sell millions. Anyway, restart the question. (laughs) Everybody starts in the start line together, and you have to finish, and and you basically have to lap every runner in the field to win. So once you lap a runner, he's off. He has to step off the track. What kind of strategies would you use in that kind of race? You know, who would probably win? What kind of, uh, you know, would it be like more of a miler, 5K, 800 runner, uh, 10K? Um, love to hear your thoughts. Uh, great show, by the way. Take care. Oh, man. This question is way better than the other one. Oh but also, it's, it's like, wow. who would win in a race to the death? I don't know. Probably the one who's trained to run the longest. Yeah. But no, can't no, go slow, no. Slow, though. it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. If you took like the best uh, ultra marathoner that's been training for like a hundred mile races and put them on a track up against like Matt Centro, it's Centro would lap that person uh, before because like maybe their mile PR is something like five minutes. Centro, yeah, like some of Centro the, some of those world class ultra marathoners can still go out and run six minutes per mile for a hundred miles, and if you're going to go out and do this, you yeah. don't have to. You're not. You're not going to have to run 100 miles to win, is what I'm I'm thinking. Yeah, if you're a 100 runner, you just try to lap as many people as you can right away. But you'll yeah, get it's going to take a while. Yeah, Centrowitz would catch that ultra marathoner probably like 1k in, I think, right? Okay, well, so how slow do you have to like how fast do you have to run the first mile to not get lapped by someone who's going to try to run 3:30? Hmm. All right, so if someone's going to run. So first mile's fast. Someone's running 75 seconds per lap, and some, the other person is running 58 seconds per lap. If two trains are coming oh, towards each other. Yeah. Oh, track shit. At the same okay. Get out your SAT prep books, yeah. kids. Oh, oh, man. Okay. Let me so know when you guys have, figure this out. What lap do they you get have, lapped? You have three cabinets. You have a silver vase, a silver I'm plate, Cosmo and a silver things. candelabra. You have a gold plate, a gold. Okay. It's going. Uh, and then how many possible permutations? I'm doing the math in my head. All right, so someone's running 75. The other person, I'm going to say 60 because 58 is just being needlessly bad (laughs) math. Uh, It's a 15-second difference per lap, which means that after four laps, uh, there would be that minute difference in between them. So it would just be a mile in that a person running 60s would catch a 75, right? 
think so. Okay, so. Wow, you must be a coach <laughs> to uh, do this math so quick. Yeah, yeah we're going 75 and 75. are going to run that fast are also going to continue to run that fast. Well, uh, Daniel Komen could run faster than that. A world-class 10K athlete who wins this race or marathoner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think realistically... I think Galen Rupp might be the only guy who could win this race because like, he's got that mile speed. I think mm-hmm. Danny's Kayla. also got the... We're talking about Americans only. Kip Jogi. I can make okay, 10 yep. runners that could do it. Free <laughs> actually would be pretty good at this. Yeah, actually, yeah he would. <laughs> like, like thinking yeah. about it. Um. <laughs> There's our answer. Prefontaine wins this race. Our answer is Steve Prefontaine because he's the least overrated runner of all time. <laughs> um, next thanks voicemail. for your questions, guy. Yeah, and thanks for calling us a great podcast. Hope you have a nice week. Ten out of ten. What up? It's Babone, man. No! I thought he just said Babone. Babone, Babone. The Bone, man. The Bone. He should start his own podcast called The Bone Zone. It's a segment. You have to hear the whole entire thing. Can we get a theme song that's like, you are now entering the bone zone? Look her in the eyes and said, I'm going to send it. Take it to the bone zone, put it in her backbone. Fucking on the bitch and I got a damn hat on. You can't even get with me, baby. You've been trying to fuck with me lately. Don't fuck with me for your best safety. Catch my nut, I'm thinking you It's the bone man, the bonester, young people. He's back. Don't worry, I know you are worried, but you don't have to worry. Um, I got a, I got a question today. Um, what got you, and when I say you, I mean the people who are really on this podcast, you know. What got you guys into track or cross-country? You know, was it your mom making you do something because you're an antisocial person? Was it you just had the idea? Was it your friend that you wanted to impress a girl? I, I want to hear from you guys. But what? What got you into the sport? All right, it's been a blast. The bone man, B-bone, young B-bone to you. So. There you have it. That's a really heartfelt question. Let's, uh, let's go in alphabetical order. Nicole. No. no. What? <laughs> I'm not going first. Chris. What got me into the sport? Uh, the kid whose locker was next to me. In high school, it was like, hey, you should try uh, the track team. It's like, we have, you can make a lot of friends. And I, I mean, I had friends, but <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I wanted, uh, I wanted sure. Yeah, I have friends. Yeah, they all live in Canada. Uh, so I decided to, to start running track. And I was below average, average as a sprinter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, I didn't know it was going to go that way. And then, yeah, I I stuck with it. It's pretty. By with running. it, you mean you kept running laps instead of stopping after two hundred meters? No, nice. well, it was, nice it was a death call. race type of scenario. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he survived death race, and that's why he's here today. Ryan, why did you get into? <laughs> um, I, I um, I don't know. I always kind of enjoyed running, like. 
the track and field day type shenanigans. Um, when so did it start? Seventh. Well, when did like you could? Sorry for the car alarm. Um, the you could join track and field in seventh grade. Um, and I was telling somebody this the other is, day is, is that this... um, you uh, because our school was so small uh, in seventh grade. I was on the track team, but also they put me on varsity because not because I was good, but because they needed roster spots. filled. <laughs> so I, in if, like in seventh grade, I was probably less than five feet tall and didn't even weigh a hundred pounds, but Same. I also wanted to do the sprints because, you know, in like fifth grade, when they stick you in a 110 meter dash or the hundred yard dash, it's like, uh, <laughs> You know, you can beat kids your age that are also undersized. Um, and so you think you're fast. And so you get into like a 200 meter with you're in seventh grade. And there are people 18 years old with beards. And you go out and you run, oh, I don't know. Let's just say 35 seconds for a 200. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. For whatever reason, that wasn't too terribly demoralizing. Um and I just had a lot of fun with a lot of my friends. And uh, it was also, too, like, the team was so small that they would put you in, like, you could run, like, four events. So, like, in seventh grade, I was doing, like, a 200, a 400, a long jump. <laughs> so you would go out to these places, and you would get your ass kicked. But it was just, I don't know. You got to do a lot of stuff. You get to be with your friends. It was nice. Um, was, so I kept doing it. Huh? What was your long jump PR? Oh, I think I stopped maybe like 17 feet. Not really, not good at all. But then I didn't, I joined cross country in 10th grade. And that's kind of, <laughs> I wasn't good at track until I joined cross country. And um, I don't know. Uh, I also, I was, I was one of those kids that was like, oh, I play basketball. I'm going to do this to stay in shape. And, um, you know, you show up on the first day with shorts below your knees and a pair of Air Force Ones. And, um, you just get your ass kicked. But then it's like one of those things, oh, you know, and running is actually a lot of fun. I really like it. And then, um, so yeah, I mean, that was it. Seventh grade track, 10th grade cross country. And then you kind of, you get a taste for being good at it. And you just keep doing it until your body breaks. And here you are, 28 years old. So were you good enough? Like, were you, was your school one where like you were good enough on the cross country team that the the cross country coach told the, the basketball coach that not to let you on the team, or did you still play basketball? Because like, that was the case where it's like, if you were really so, good at cross country, you were done for other sports. Like there would be talk among coaches. Yeah. To be like, so for basketball, I played, I think I played in 11th grade. I played varsity and I came off the bench. I wasn't good at all, but also that year I had made it to state in cross country and then decided my senior year that I was just going to run throughout the whole winter. And the coach came up to me and his argument for like keeping me on the team was like, you know, you'd play, we'd give you, we'd give you minutes. And I was like, Oh, thanks. Like, <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, once I got good at running, I stopped doing other sports, I guess. Ryan, have you ever considered the possibility that your apartment is haunted by Tom Keith? <laughs> Who? Like Tom Keith. Who the fuck is that? Uh, the sound effects guy from Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> what are you hearing? <laughs> Just like everything. Car alarms, dog barking, 
birds chirping. Yeah. <laughs> there was no, some random is, screeching when we were talking. It's a super spooky place. There is a fuck ton of noise. Um, I love how yeah. the of the hog has made a, a recurring appearance on the CDS Mag podcast. Yeah, I'm surprised that we haven't heard her yet because she's <laughs> a fucking nuisance to the entire neighborhood. Uh, God. Uh... That's, uh, that's a plug right there. That's, that's a plug right there for the Big Meat Pod with Ryan and uh, Stephen. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, tomorrow. it yeah. is their Diamond League recaps after they watch all the events, and it's found on the Sidious Mag podcast. So it's all on the same feed as all the interviews. So uh, subscribe on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts fixed. So uh, Tom, so we'll move on to you. What got you into running? I did. in Stillwater, right? Stillwater's where you started. No, no. Uh, I got a so history. Grew up in River Falls, Wisconsin, across the border, uh, and then moved to Stillwater. Uh, I was really into Maurice Green. Like he was, he was like a sports hero to me when I was in elementary school. Because did you have that poster of his shadow, um, jumping at him. You know, it was just like. No, I shared a room with my older brother, and I wasn't allowed to put posters on the walls. Oh, yeah. Uh, so no, we just had, like, we had posters of, like, it was, like, kids are the shittiest sports fans because there's just zero loyalty from them to, like, anything. Uh, so we had, like, an Emmett Smith poster, and we were, like, not fans of them. Uh, we have a great poster of uh, Michael Jordan uh, making the shot, and it just, like, in a in a like times new Roman font down the side, it just says elevation. Like those really good, like 90s sports posters. And then we used to like rip things out of ESPN, the magazine and put those on the wall. Not uh, Sports Illustrated. No, fuck oh. Sports Illustrated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Sports Illustrated is uh, a little too tame for me. I mean, didn't it start, issue, like, did they just body issue. Did it just illustrate sports back in the days and how it got started? Like black and white illustrations, sports. I don't know if we should be throwing shade though. Uh, Sidious Mag is a magazine that's never published an issue. No, we had a zine. Yeah, we had one, one zine before USA's in oh, 2017. Man. It was online. Okay. So not we have met our quota. No, you met the quota. Uh, is, uh, is sports uh, Illustrated a Meredith Corporation? It is. And we I got money anything by then <laughs> and we've got some money <laughs> <laughs> this was we've got some money household from the Koch brothers uh they've got they've they've invested in uh npr has money from the Koch brothers too everybody do you know that they've put on seminars that every single one of the, the supreme court justices have been flown out to and put up by the Koch brothers and anyway i'm reading a book right now it's all very upsetting you can't the, the Mar- Koch brothers the Mar- oh, dark money yeah Dark money's a good one. Uh, the the uh, Meredith headquarters are in Des Moines, so I'll be paying them a visit. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, I was a big fan of Maurice Green. I thought I was a sprinter because uh, when I was really little, I went to a summer camp and I had a lot of energy. And one of the counselors would just be like, "Go run really fast," and I would just go run away from him. Like he wouldn't chase me. I would just go run, uh, and he just kept telling me I was fast. And then uh, Maurice Green was cool because 
he would like finish the race and then he'd take off his spikes and his friend would come out with a fire extinguisher yeah. uh, and like hose, uh, would it be hosing off? Is that the term? Sure. Oh, you can say hosing off. Sure. Hosing off sounds like a Canadian podcast. You would hose him. <laughs> We're just hosing off. Hey boys. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> so we'd like hose off the, the shoes with the fire extinguisher. I thought that was cool. And then I got to, I started doing like youth track and I thought I was a sprinter. Like I swore I was a sprinter uh, my first year of youth track. And um, I wasn't I think that's the all. common denominator of a lot of kids. Like, yeah. all, like the sprinting is what you want to do. Yeah. And I was but just really. College, you want to run the mile. Yeah. I was just really bad at it. And then I, um, I did an 800 and I did really well at it. And then um, I continued to try to be a sprinter because I'm arrogant. Uh, and then eventually just became like a distance runner, but I actually didn't really like going on runs that much until I was done running competitively. Like my least favorite thing in the world was easy runs. <laughs> so boring, but now it's a mental health thing. Uh, yeah. Got demons and I need to listen to, uh, m and I actually listened to uh, Evanescence while I'm running. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I don't, yeah. No, I don't. Actually, I, I almost had a heart attack. I was running yesterday and I was like going up a hill and then the Chemical Brothers came on. And you can't run slow to like the Chemical Brothers. And I was going uphill and I'm like my heart almost burst in my chest uh, because I'm not that in shape. So, Tom's, how old are you? 40. Uh, 42. <laughs> In dog years. <laughs> Nicole, what got you into the sport? Um, I think it was the middle school boys coach was my gym teacher. And I broke like, I ran seven something. And he was like, you should talk to your homeroom teacher about running track. Cause she was the, that's how all track. good stories start. Yeah. And, um, that was a bad joke i'm sorry i i had no like i did not think i was a sprinter but i also did not want to run far so even after that i would only run the 400 in middle school and would not want to run any further they made me run the 800 once i think i ran like 240 and i was like i'm not doing that again was the 240 better than what you had been running in the 400 uh i think so i think i was running like 67 or something. She was running 85s in the 400. <laughs> uh, also, my parents um, were reluctant to sign the permission slip. Are they sure? They were like, are you sure? Like, are you going to quit this sport too? What sports <laughs> oh, wow. did you quit? What sports did you quit? Yeah, well, I know what you quit. Well, in my brain, what I remember is that my parents, or I don't know, somehow I was signed up for dance classes and then we just stopped going. I think like, my parents, in my brain, my parents were like, eh, we're just not going to take you anymore. And then I asked to do karate. And one, I didn't have the white outfit. And there were a lot of people in the room. And no one was telling me how to do it. So I wanted to quit that. Because it wasn't like Ninja Turtles. Did you go to like a Montessori karate studio? Do we, I don't think there are Montessoris in Michigan. What is in Montessori? <laughs> no, it was like a strip mall that had like karate Mon- so Montessori schools, um, it's like based off a method and the entire idea is just like 
kids learn by experiencing things on their own. So that like a karate studio where they're just like, figure it out. You're great. Yeah, I, feel, I mean, I feel like it was like that, but this was the nineties, maybe the early, yeah, the early nineties. And then there was also in the dance class too. I remember both of them, like as a seven year old being pissed that they weren't like teaching me how to do the things. Mm-hmm. So of course, when I started running and no one had to teach me and I understood it, I was like, okay. But my parents like tried to talk me out of it, which is funny. And then I think the high school coach. Now was, who's laughing, Nicole? Yeah, <laughs> who's laughing? Um, I think too there was a scenario. I can't remember if it was like the first day of high school practice. Like the older girls took me on like a five mile run, and I had been like running like mm-hmm. a mile every day. And I think that they thought that like they were gonna like drop me or something. Like I don't think it was all in good fun. For some of them. Ah, hazing. Classic. But I was like, cool, are we running? What are we doing now? I remember we stopped at like a play- playground to play and I was like, okay. And then, uh. that's That was the thing about high school running is that we would just fuck around a lot. Like we had, our coach was super, super old. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would just do stuff like get us onto the school bus and drive us out for 20 or 30 what he thought would be like a 20 or 30 minute run and it was like get back to the school shut the door and he would drive away <laughs> um or uh he would just hand us stopwatches and he was like when it hits 20 minutes turn around and we had a buddy who lived like two blocks away from the school <laughs> and we would like go to his house and i remember one time very specifically he had like leftover pizza and uh <laughs> we like ate an entire pizza waited for like 15 minutes and then we ran back to the school I was um, not. and so it, it's, it's shenanigans like that that'll keep you coming back maybe unsurprisingly but i was not fucking around like that in high school whoa all right sorry yeah. for sharing no. <laughs> no, I wish, I wish. <laughs> it's supposed to be a safe space for us and you're just yeah. no no i'm not saying i'm not being like oh you're a fool i'm like no no my friends did that and i was the only girl in my grade so i did all of my runs and one of oh God, the people yeah. on this podcast is the a only U.S. champion. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this podcast surprisingly did not fuck around. Yeah. What's, what's the next call? Thank you, B-Bone. B-Bone. Uh, uh, so the next call is actually a series of calls that came in over the weekend. It is um, our friend from episode one or two, I believe it is, Claudio Irving uh, from California called in and uh, his team was attempting the 612-1824 challenge again, trying to break a record. And uh, we have four calls, I think, from them, just as they uh, they decided to call us as they are attempting it. So it's a series of just you can hear how it went for them. Uh, so we're hoping to save these all for its own episode and uh, so we're going to hold off on those calls. I think I have one or two more. Uh, yeah. Uh, specifically, this whole 6, 12, 18, 24 challenge. If you have any questions about that or like well, want to do what these guys have done, uh, call into the number, which is. Uh, the number. Fun home. Fun <laughs> 1-800-FUN-TOWN. Can we get that? Can you buy a number, Chris, please? Uh, one eight hundred. right? One eight hundred Fun Town is the Frankenmuth phone number. Uh, number is 
646-780-9218. No, 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 no. I want you to buy an 800 number that spells out something fun. Um, okay. Fun. Uh, anyways, uh, so call call the Sidious number. Even like uh, just any questions about that, we'll do an episode just about the 612-1824 challenge. Uh, so that way we don't bog it down. I don't want like Kara Goucher to have to like stop the podcast because she's got Colt in the back seat and there's some dickheads talking about uh, you know jerking off on the speakers. Uh, no, not jerking off onto the speakers, but like through the speakers. Uh, Sort of thing. Uh, like so do that. The other thing is too, save that number in your phone. If you're out and you have a question, it's much easier to just ask us than like text an ex-girlfriend. Like before you text an ex, the things you should do is one, jerk off, and two, call running things considered. Uh, and if you still feel like you should do it after doing that, go ahead. But, no, but then text us. A little bit of life then... advice, yeah. yeah a little bit of life us. advice, yeah. All right, so uh, there's this other voicemail, I guess, that snuck in. How did it sneak in? Hey, guys, um, this summer, me and my friends are trying to cook up this crazy idea where we form our own hypothetical track club. It's really just a running group, but we're trying to think of a really cool name, uh, something kind of low-key, but, you know, just lets people know that we're the real deal, you know, that, that we mean business. So um, if you guys have any cool track names or track club names that you guys can think of uh please give us some subject some please give us some suggestions thanks uh i've got an idea join the city of smag track club for eight dollars a month uh you just subscribe on <laughs> patreon.com slash city smag and uh you could buy a singlet a t-shirt uh, and you don't have to worry about uh, starting your own hypothetical track club. You join one that's already out there. What is a hypothetical track club? But also adding to that, what is a low-key name? Uh, <laughs> I like, think a lo- Is that like the name where it's funny if you're playing trivia? And it like uh, the- multiple scorgasms? Qu- quiz on my face? <laughs> uh, the better please don't quiz in my hair uh, well. <laughs> I, I think that the weird thing is, is he's saying hypothetical like there's a huge barrier to starting a track club there really isn't uh, I think it's, you don't even need up, a Patreon uh, unless they so, come up with a cool name then yeah. I'm not going to start it can we also laugh at how a running group is the same thing as a club <laughs> I don't know what what would be what's a joke that you and your friends have like make it a thing like that. I don't know. This is hard. The track cats. Track cats. Track cats. And then when you cross the line, you go. I wanted to do a. um, This is something that I guess we Stephen Scott and I talked about when we were in Eugene. But um, the soft boys, soft boys track club. It's for all the soft the soft bodies. You know, Mm, I like that. Um, what about what about still used to like DBTC? To, what about Track Cats TC? But the TC 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 squared TC squared. It's it's Track Cats TC, but the TC also stands for Track Cats. What about something who where the acronym spells out something like like fart or fans against track clubs? Fans against spell anything. That just say fact. 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 That's not how you spell fact. Are you just (laughs) 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 (laugh
Sometimes. Mother's <laughs> hectic online local elite. Farts. Butthole. Farts are really. Uh, <laughs> no, art, art track club would be. Uh, let's see here. Art. Art. Run. Team. There's a, a art run team. there's a there's a road mile in Michigan that's called the the dart for art. Dart, dart for art. You remember how when all the teens were all about the Hansons project because Brian Sell made the Olympic team, uh, and so suddenly there were all these other clubs coming up with the name uh, with project in it, which doesn't mean anything. This is the sign that I saw the other day. Tweeted out. Art studio. From the yeah. account. Uh, F Art Studio. The F Art Track Club. F Art Track Club. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think we've all come to the general consensus that it should just be called Fart. It doesn't have to have Track Club. <laughs> it doesn't have to have program or project in it. You can just be like, what's the name of your track? Uh, fart. <laughs> <laughs> Look really good on a, on a result sheet. Fart. Yeah. Can we wait? Ryan I don't, don't want to give this kid that name. I don't want to give this kid that wait, name. Wait, no, 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 no. It should be farts. So when it's listed after anything, it says Colbush <laughs> farts. <laughs> I, I want our listeners. Uh, this guy, we're adding members to your club. You can join the Sidious Mag Track Club. That's fine. But when you enter into a race, if you are a listener of this podcast, put your team name as farts. Don't yeah. put unattached. <laughs> Don't don't do anything but putting farts. And Can I get putting the farts? Results, take a picture of it and send it to us, and we'll retweet it. We'll do something special for you. Can uh, I get farts shirts made? Pod. Can I get at, farts shirts made? Farts shirts. Farts shirts. Yeah. Ooh. Can, 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 I, just, can I design a farts shirt? Yeah, but it has to like look like an old school like. The like, Santa Monica like, Track Club. It's a Santa Monica Track Club. <laughs> the <laughs> colors are just, brown and yellow. It just says farts. <laughs> Faded brown and yellow. Uh, yeah. All right. We're, we'll design a shirt. That sounds good. Jason Suarez and I, because uh, it's like we're Latino uh, boys, and uh, we are not, you know, the thinnest uh, runners or the leanest. Soft boys. So, soft boys. Uh, yeah. soft boys. Soft boys. Soft boys. Soft boys. So so it's like we're we're technically soft boys, but Jason has this idea he would love to do the rice and beans trek club because it's just like we look like people who enjoy you know our portion of rice and beans, and so he wants That's to do rice and beans a portion. Beans and rice. What's that? B and R T C. B B and R T C. B and R farts. I like that. What's B and R farts is pretty. Oh no, I'm thinking of Bachman Turner Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> BTO, BTO. Little BTO. BNR, BTO. Uh, I was uh, thinking about REO Speedwagon. <laughs> Wait, what about BTO Speedwagon? That would be a great track club. Name. BTO Fart. The Bachman Turner Overdrive Speedwagon. The, the Can we play boys. Ba- Bachman Turner Overdrive Farts. <laughs> what? It's uh, stupid, but it gets someone every time. Someone gets it every time. Uh, can we play a game real quick? Mm-hmm. Involve farting. Uh, is it a real track meet name or a fake track meet name? <laughs> yeah, let's play it. Okay. 
the Chubby Marks Relays. Uh, real. Real. Yep, it takes place at Brother Martin High School in New Orleans. Uh, let's see. Um, the Oval of Pain Invitational. Mm. I think it might be real. Real. Fake. Yeah, it's real. No, it's real. It Whoa. Where is it? It's Seattle, Seattle, Washington. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Little Caesars Classic. Real. 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 No. It's fake. Oh, oh, thank God. Oh, man. Is, it, is, it, is the real one Little Caesars with, like, the green chilies? No, but there's a Ritchie County Pizza House Invitational in Ritchie, Colorado. Or Ritchie County, West Virginia. <laughs> it's two very different places. <laughs> the next one's in Colorado, and it's real. Uh, how about the uh, Snowflake Invitational? Fake. Uh, I think it's real because we're doing it to trigger the libs. It's real. It's in Snowflake, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, what's the, the SCOTUS call? relays? There's Scot- there are no more calls. There are no more calls. Thank no. God. Uh, SCOTUS relays. Fake. Fake. No, it's real. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. R- Ruth Bader out there. Falling <laughs> <laughs> The ginseng invite. The Koch brothers reading, sponsor the mile. I'm reading these from uh, Paul Snyder's. My good friend emailed me a list of funny real track meet names, so here they are. And for the SCOTUS relays, which are in Columbus, uh, New England, freshman newcomer Neil Gorsuch attempted the steeplechase only to come away with a broken nose after clipping a barrier and smashing his face. <laughs> Senior all-star Ruth Bader Ginsburg sets a new age group record in the shot put. <laughs> That's not real. The- the description is not real, but I believe the SCOTUS relays are real. Let me double check. Okay. You double check on that. Yes. Uh, Rest in peace. They are real. They are in Columbus. <laughs> and you can check out that article on com slash funny dash real dash track dash meat dash name. <laughs> dash fart. It's a real good one. Right farts. Ooh, uh, farts. Can what I really design a farts track club? What about... Uh, <laughs> There's too many things making me laugh on this uh, on this one. All of them, my gags. Um, <laughs> oh, number one fan. Okay, so there is a sound effect thing going on there. Tom Keith is haunting your apartment. <clears throat> what about uh, electric light orchestra? Can we fit them into our BTO speedwagon? Oh, I love yellow. ELO BTO speedwagon farts. Oh man! Well, this was an interesting BTOTC. This thing's just slowly <laughs> dying. Tom's wrap it up for us. What did you learn today on the show? <sighs> uh, the funniest word in the English language is farts. <laughs> uh, I learned that we should make a shirt that's the Santa Monica Track Club logo, but it just says farts. Uh, I learned that. Uh, everyone thinks they're a sprinter until they're not. I didn't think I was a sprinter. I just resisted being a Oh, we learned that Nicole is better than us. Do you think that it ever goes the other way? There's like a kid who really wanted to be like a two-miler <laughs> and then it turns out he's really good at the hundred. 
like like do you think like, like you're closed in 10 seconds so uh, we're gonna stick in the hundred. do you think like walter dix was in so actually running a 5k like running cross country and the coach was like maybe you should try the hundred there uh there was a kid on my high school team who would like kind of sometimes you'd be serious but you kind of just dick around until the last point one and then, like, try it. Because my coach would get all of the splits, and he'd be, like, splitting 28 at the end of a 5K. The JV kick? Except for his varsity. We didn't have enough. No, we did have enough people for JV on the men's side. Never mind. Well, it's the JV kick. I mean, it's, like, what a JV runner does. It's yeah, just, like, except wait for until he, 200 to go, and then. Except for he kind of actually wanted to sprint. But all of his friends were just in no, my, that up, but. my favorite races are the ones where, like, the kid just sprints with, like, 100 to go. And ends up getting like seventh place instead of eighth place. Like he outleans the guy who got eighth and he just does like that, the fist pump. He's like, yeah, got him. Uh, real good clothes. Uh, I also, what are your guys' 200s uh, best? 25-1. But I, at altitude, maybe I could do that. I've, uh, I've ran 25 something, but like on the way, it's like a 200 split for a 400. I don't remember mine. It was a while ago. It might have been like freshman year of college or something. Uh, I don't remember it. It was faster than 25. I know that. Uh, (laughs) I think the only time I've run faster than like very high 27 or low 28 was like at altitude. So it almost doesn't count. Is it faster to sprint at altitude? The air is thinner up there. Yes, there's an article article on citiesmeg.com. Oh, no. Guys, don't make scientific claims. We're going to, Aaron Finn's going to call in and yell at us again <laughs> or text in. So uh, that's what you could run like at your best. What do you think you could run for the 200 right now? Uh, for me, 30 is what I split the other day. <laughs> Ryan? I just kind of, I, I don't know. It's a thing that I, I like to do. You, uh, you just, you go out. We were talking about this, I think the other week um, when Nicole called me out on Twitter is it just more fun, at least now, since I'm out of shape and I just know how difficult it is to just get into good shape? So, like, really last year I went out and tried to run a mile as hard as I could, and I ran, like, 508, 507 or something like that. Um, Can we test had, this out know, in Des Moines? Would I do it out in Des Moines? Yeah. Can I, we see how fast you can go? The thing is now, like, I think it'd be funnier to do, like, an all-out 400 because, like, a mile, I feel like I can run a handful of times a year and still run right around, like, five minutes. Um, That's just kind of what I've concluded at this point in my life where I run maybe, like, once a month, I can still go out and run, like, five, five, ten for the mile. Um, The 400, however, I really do think and this might sound stupid, but you can do anything for a minute. So I think I could probably do 60 What's seconds. Don't, don't bring that no, Tony Robbins run, bullshit you, in here. I could do anything for a minute. Yeah, you can run bullshit. hard for a minute, and then you lock up the last 50 You cannot years. do anything for a minute. All right, yeah. we're setting this up. Do everything. Put your hand on a stove. You can't do that for a minute. I don't care how many okay. Tony that's Robbins books I'm, we're you've not, read. That's not what I'm saying at all. Like, you can force your body <laughs> to do anything. For, you can't, like, with an outside force, like, fire, stick your hand on a stove for a fucking minute. 
run for a minute with your hand on the stove. I don't know. Maybe okay. a little outside force called gravity. All right. So in Des Moines, we're going to find out, can Ryan break 60? No training between now and Des Moines. Well, well I can, like, run, run usually, right? I'm not going to be doing once. sprint training. Okay, fine. That's fair. Mm, so, like, yeah, running run between once. now and Des Moines means I'm probably going to run tomorrow, and then I'm not going to run again <laughs> yeah. until I get to Des Moines. One run. Uh, I don't think that you can break 60. I, think I don't think 60. I can break 60. I think I can run 60 seconds. I think he breaks 60. Right on the nose. I think you run 61, 62. You have to do this early because you're going to have like a residual hangover by like you have to do it. You have to do it. Des Moines. But you have like to do it have... Saturday morning. I'm going to do it the day that I get there. Yeah. No, no he's going to be dehydrated. He's going to be. Can I wear spikes? Can somebody he's, bring a pair yeah. of spikes? Dehydrated spikes? already right now. You have to be in spikes. You have to be in like really stiff sprint spikes. <laughs> so you can't oh, have. Can we get man. you the? Can we get you the Allison Felix spikes? Okay. But here's the thing too: is like Wait, the last time I took. Yes, the don't last you have time the I took one of these bets is it's Chris's <laughs> avatar, but I took a bet that I couldn't break 205 in an 800, and I was probably in the same type of shape. So I don't want to toot my own horn, but like, I feel like I can do it based on historically being able to do it. Like, I remember the reason that I accepted that bet was Paul Snyder was trying to break two minutes for the 800, and I told him that I would pace him through 400 because I just wanted to try to see what I could do for 400. And I took him through in 59. All right? So it's just running's not that hard. You just <laughs> don't. Hard. Running is fucking easy. If you've ran, like I ran hard for like 10 years of my life. I don't think that goes away. And uh, when's the last time I've trained consistently? Four or five years. The, the, residual, the residual fitness of running Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours. Doesn't go away overnight. What the are the times, uh, there was money on the line four years ago. Would we, can we put down some money on Sterner this time? Yeah, yeah, I'll take some of that heat. I'll put down a little dosh. Uh, All right, we're, right. Gonna, we're gonna actually pull it from the, from the listeners. <laughs> we're gonna put it out there. We're oh gonna see. God! Oh, can we, oh wait! Sports betting's legal now. This is gonna be so. This is gonna be now. the first. This is the first ever legal bet made on running in the United <laughs> States. We are saving the sport. Uh, so I don't know how betting works. I think what we do is is let's let's say that you Venmo Sidious Mag. However much uh, you can only bet five dollars. All right. Okay. And you, you, you Venmo with the message saying, yes, over or under, over or under, over 60 seconds or under 60 seconds. Can we, can we, can we scale this back a little bit? Maybe 65 no, seconds. No, 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 no. 60 seconds. <laughs> so <laughs> then $5 to Sidious Mag saying over or under. Uh, and then the side that wins. So if you pick under and he breaks 60 seconds, you get, evenly divided the entire pot do, of money. Should we do four dollars at a time? For I think sake, do not send six dollars and ninety cents. Don't send sixty-nine dollars. Don't send four dollars and twenty cents. There was an echo. I like this idea. I like the idea of splitting the the pot. It will pay out to the winners. You'll get your five dollars back plus whatever's divided up from the other side of it. This doesn't sound legal at all, but we're going to do this. <laughs> Venmo we is... We actually have to check with our lawyers. 
No way. No way. This is totally <laughs> fine. This is so okay. fine. You preface uh, this with, I don't know how betting works. Well, now I do. <laughs> there, are, there are two truths in the universe. One of them is that if your teacher doesn't show up for the first 15 minutes of class, legally you're allowed to leave. And the other truth is that you can, uh, Venmo is able for payments that you want to make illegally. Drugs and that you know. note, uh, so be sure to get in your bets before. Oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> We're gonna, we'll, we'll explain it all and line it up in a blog post. Uh, but other than that, I think that does it for this episode of Running Things Considered. Again, uh, get your bets in Venmo at Sidious Mag, $5, and you enter the pool, you get over under. Uh, and so be sure to leave us voicemails uh, for the next episode. Thank you can call us in. Uh, at 646-780-9218. That is the voicemail line, 646-780-9218, and we'll catch you again soon. Oh,